You are listening to From Sobriety to Recovery with Jesse Mogul. Let's get to the show. Welcome back to From Sobriety to Recovery. I am your host, Jesse Mogul. I am in addiction recovery, and I have an exciting guest for you all today. As we begin to expand the show beyond just what Jesse has to say about trauma and healing and addiction and the various you know, adverse childhood experiences that one can have throughout their life, I'm starting to really come to the realization that there are people within my inner circle that have amazing stories to tell that have done amazing work on their own self and have now turned that passion into their purpose of helping others. So we're going to really be magnifying some people that I know and some that have just reached out. And so today I cannot wait to introduce you to Linda Shively. She is absolutely going to expand a conversation that you and I have been having for, you know, well over a hundred and you know, 80, 90, 200 plus episodes. One of the things that we can look back on when we discuss trauma and healing is that each person has their own individual journey. Now, a journey is tend to be done on your own and it becomes an adventure when you invite other people to it. And as people who understand the opposite of addiction is connection, we are very much aware that our journey isn't often done alone, that there are times when other people are invited into it. And whether you find a therapist, a coach, a mentor, a sponsor, whomever that might be for you, it's important to note that when you invite introduce them into your world, that you're open and you're honest and you're willing to share and you're also willing to hear some pretty hard truths. And I think if there's one thing that this show has done, it's introduced you to some pretty hard truths about yourself. Look in the mirror, decide what it is you're ready to shift and change, and then you can begin your true journey and adventure as you move forward from, from sobriety to recovery. And we've covered a myriad of topics of which you can go back into the archives and check out. And again, as we begin to introduce you to other people outside of just me, some of them will say things that wholeheartedly we can agree with. Other times we're going to hear things that might go counterintuitive or productive to what we have discussed on the show, but we don't seek to judge right or wrong here. We seek to explore, ask questions, and get to know somebody at a deeper level so we can understand what's happened in their life that brings them to have the kind of perspective that they do. And one of the reasons why it's so enjoyable for me to be able to introduce you to people who've been in my inner circle for so long is because they have truly been on this adventure with me for quite some time. Linda Shively was actually my very first pod leader when I learned neuro-linguistic programming. Well, I don't know how she remembers me back then, but I would say probably as an obstinate know-it-all. Now, I would like to say I'm a little bit less obstinate and certainly humbled by the know-it-all version of me. Um, she'll probably give you some insights into who Jesse was then versus who he is now. Um, but what's really cool is that Linda Shiley has been featured uh, in the Wall Street Journal. She's a best-selling author, an award-winning speaker, and, an, and a neuroscience and mindset expert. Now, come on. Doesn't that sound like somebody who'll be right up our alley? She has presented across the country at places like the New York City Bar Association, the Harvard Club of Boston, Walmart, and check this out, Carnegie Hall. 
And the fastest way to get to Carnegie Hall is by doing, doing, doing. Linda has been a multiple-time guest and host on cable television. This is really cool. She was featured in a movie with Renona Ryder and Jeff Daniels, two of my personal favorites, as their careers have progressed. And she once performed at the Rose Bowl for over 90,000 people. As a growth-minded professional and royalty, I've sought her out to decrease the stress and overwhelm in their lives by eliminating their self-sabotaging patterns. We talk a lot about self-sabotaging patterns on this show, right? It's not self-sabotage once you've been introduced to it. Once it's in your awareness, it's actually just a crappy choice. She's going to dive into that as well as that overall, just she's a tremendous person and I love what she does. I'm excited to introduce the San Francisco Bay Area native, the master practitioner of neuro-linguistic programming. She's an executive coach and a certified laughter yoga leader. Linda Shively, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jesse. It's so fun to be here. I'm so glad that I get to talk with you now that you have your podcast that has been going and growing and I'm so excited for you. When we first met each other, we really, it turns out, I didn't realize how far along the NLP journey you were. And I think you were a class or two ahead of me. And we ultimately ended up um, becoming this very intimate, loving, vulnerable group with one another. We went and learned master practitioners together. Then we went off and learned NLP trainers, trainers together. So uh, in in essence, we have been on each other's journeys now as part of this adventure together for a long time. And it's wonderful. And uh, you, I was laughing while I was muted, while you were describing your younger self. (laughs) And and yeah, you have grown, you have evolved. Would you have, would you have thought obstinate know-it-all at that time? Those might not have been my words, but yes. (laughs) (laughs) One of the reasons I'm excited to have you on, and there's a myriad of them, but um, recently, we were involved in you know a speaker conference together, and as I heard you talking about where your business has grown, where your healing journey has taken you, and what you're now doing to help others, I realized that because of the traumas that you've faced, because of the healing adventure and journey you have been on, that a lot has happened in your life that for others may have led them into addiction, and you didn't go that route. There was something that led you a different route. For the just for context, so the the listeners understand uh, where it is that you have been and where it is you're going, which we're going to cover substantially during this show, uh, but just a little background for them so they understand what it is that you have journeyed through to get to this point today. Back in 2005, I had to make a difficult decision. I had to decide how to escape an abusive marriage with my severely handicapped three-year-old daughter, Jessica. Jessica, she's a bright-eyed, happy little girl and loved playing with her toys, with going to preschool, reading her books. Oh my goodness, she was a bookworm. (laughs) And she had so much joy and so much zest for life. She also had a condition called spinal muscular atrophy, which is a progressive neuromuscular disorder that affects her ability to crawl, walk, swallow, and even breathe. And with the strength of her little index finger, she was able to zoom around in a power chair and use a communication device to express exactly what she wanted, in addition to using her animated eyebrows, which would help her express herself in ways that she couldn't because she had a trach, which helped her breathe so she couldn't speak, and a feeding tube. 
my marriage, on the other hand, it kept me on high alert. And I never knew when he was going to explode. I always thought if I did exactly what he wanted, everything would be fine. And yet that never seemed to work. And I knew it wasn't a healthy place for me. And I knew it wasn't a healthy place for me to raise my daughter. Yet I couldn't figure out how to get out with this totally dependent, needing 24-hour care little being. And I finally came to the conclusion of how I was going to do it. It took a lot of planning. And when the best nurse was on duty, I looked at her and I said, okay, you pack Jessica's medical equipment. I'm going to pack all of her clothes and her toys. And as soon as she wakes up from her nap, we're going to escape. And flurry of activity, getting everything packed and loaded into the van. As soon as Jessica woke up, we left. And exactly two weeks later, two days after Christmas, I held Jessica in my arms as she took her last breath and died. And from that moment on, I struggled. I struggled to see any future for myself. And yes, I could have stayed in that stuck place and been never coming out again and nobody would have blamed me. I didn't want that for myself. And I kept seeking help and finally realized what was missing and that there was there was something that she had brought to me that still remained. And that was that joy, that deep down true joy. And I began to use that to help myself and to help other people. And so that's the essence of what I do in my business is to really help people tap back into their joy so that they can live their best lives and not have to stay stuck and not have to stay in a negative spiral, no matter what happened. So that's. Wow. I appreciate the vulnerability and sharing the story with me, the listeners. It's uh, having never been a parent myself um, to, I, I can't even begin to understand what that must be like to have a child who is in that state, needs that kind of help. And then to also be living with a physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually abusive person and man, and then to leave and then have the tragedy follow so swiftly behind it. When you go back and you look over those those first days, weeks, months that preceded, that happened after, whatever the right word for that is, um, that happened after her passing, what was it that kept you balanced enough not to dive deeper into the depression, into the emotional turmoil that would follow such an experience? I got help. I got help from friends. I got help from a therapist. I eventually, not immediately, but eventually got into coaching, you know, got coaching help. And I knew that I couldn't do it all on my own. And I was spinning at first because I think my body would alternate between deep, deep, deep grief and I don't want to say denial, but it was like I couldn't completely touch that spot because it was so raw. 
And honestly, initially dealing with all of the emotional abuse was harder than dealing with the death of my daughter. Was it because it was someone that you had chosen to love and then this is the way that they ultimately ended up treating you? That choice piece, because Jessica didn't have a choice to be to be sick or to have a disability that, you know, or to die. That wasn't, you know, she didn't intentionally have that happen. When there's somebody who is intentionally doing something where, you know, it it messes with your mind and it messes with your belief in yourself. And I'll just speak for myself. It, it messed with my belief in myself. And I, having talked to many, many, many other people, I know that that there is a term called crazy making for a reason. Everything that you believe is true suddenly flips. And it's like being on quicksand and you don't really know where the stability is. And that's kind of the intent in abusive behavior is to keep you uneasy so that you never know what's going to happen. And trying to realign myself and realize that, no, that wasn't me. That was what happened and taking the ownership. Okay, well, that happened. Now what do I do with it? As opposed to staying in that victim mode was what took a tremendous amount of work. And you were using so many words I want to dive back into. We heard victim mode, everyone out there. What do we talk about? Disempowerment versus empowerment dynamic, right? There's the victim, villain, hero versus the creator, coach, and um, creator, coach, and challenger, right? So now Linda's now is even touching on to that, right? Rather than feel victim mode, she now seeks out to be her, her own creator of the life she desires and finding coaches and, and, and seeing life as a challenger, not necessarily a villain. Um, she also touched on the quicksand. I love this quicksand and never really feeling like you were stable. Um, when we talk about that, that sounds a lot to me. I can internalize that as addiction, right? Addiction can be very abusive to ourselves. We can internalize that, feel like our life is unstable. So you're drawing a lot of parallels to things that we have covered in the past, whether you meant to or not. And so as you began to, right, you, you, I mean, for the five stages of change, pre-contemplation, contemplation, planning, action, and then ultimately maintenance, um, you really were thrusted straight into the uh, action. You did the planning to get out of there with your daughter, and then she passes away. The relationship's gone. You really were thrusted into action. When you were thrusted into action, you started to bring in, in team members to help you, therapists, and, and having dialogues with other people. What was that like for you at the the very beginning stages of that to all of a sudden be seeking vulnerability and openness with people who may have been relative strangers at the time, but who you were desperately relying on helping you build a new foundation? Great question. And it's interesting because there were some people that were supporting me who actually had been supporting me before the context shifted. You know, I, I had sought support around my marriage before I left. And then that suddenly shifted to, okay, now I've left and my daughter died. Now what? <laughs> you know, it's suddenly this whole, whole other dynamic that needed to be addressed. And I also made choices of, is this person the best fit for me or not? Because certain people 
you click with and can therefore support you and other people it just doesn't work and that's okay finding finding that right fit helped that's awesome. And I really want y'all to hear what Linda just said, right? It's okay if someone is introduced to your team and it doesn't work out. They're not a good fit because I get a lot of responses on social media and uh, email from y'all talking about how your sponsor is not working out, your mentor is not working out. It's okay to say, okay, that was a good shot for a sponsor. Politely say, thank you, but I'm going to go try someone else. I did this, guys. I had a therapist. Uh, he wasn't working for me. It, it, it wasn't giving me what I had hoped it would. I tried. He tried. It was it was a really solid effort. And ultimately, I shifted over to Melissa, and that's where the true growth and and, uh, and healing began. So it's it's understandable if you bring someone in and it doesn't work out right away. It'd be okay with the idea of parting ways as friends and shifting over. And you've done that now. And now you are literally someone who helps other people bring joy back into their lives. And uh, I'm a year of the dragon guy, right? Chinese calendar. I'm year of the dragon. I'll never forget when you first started talking about the joy stealing dragons. I was like, Hey, dragons. I'm like, I immediately perked up. I'm like, I want to know more about the dragons. In fact, I think I was there the day we, uh, we were all part of the naming of the dragons. Um, you do talk about joy a lot. It is literally your big thing. I mean, behind you right now, you guys can't see it, but she's got a true joy banner up with her as part of her, um, branding for for what she does talk about how you came about with i mean you talked about your daughter she loved joy you were you felt that then and now how you've turned that you know that tragedy that heartbreak now it's in it's become your message it's become your purpose so as i said there we talk about joy we talk about happiness often we hear people talk about happiness less than joy it seems like oh do this to be happy do that to be happy Happiness is, tends to be an external element. There's something outside of us that we connect with that brings us more happiness, so to speak. Yet the joy I find to be more internal. And we can be happy or not happy. We can be joyful or not joyful. But joy somehow can transcend everything. So even when there's a tragedy, you can still have the joy where you may not be happy, but you can still be joyful. And what I found is some of the things that, like you were talking about, the, the joy-stealing dragons, and yes, I, I named them, but I find there are certain things that steal that joy from us. And I, I use that, we allow to be stolen or however you want to say it, but some of the beliefs we have and some of the names, second-guessing Sally. She tends to second guess every decision that you make and therefore affects your ability to function because if you're constantly making a decision and then changing it or second guessing any decision you make, you're very unproductive. The next one I named No Good Nancy. And she wants you to believe that you're not good enough, no matter what you do. And even if, you know, She's like, ah, don't even bother trying because you're not good enough. And when you do succeed at something, she's the first one to say, ah, you could have done it better. <laughs> and, and just no matter what you do, it's like, no, you can't do it. Then the third dragon is perfect Paula. 
And perfect Paula wants you to do everything perfectly, show up absolutely, you know, the best dressed, the have everything written exquisitely. And if anything is out of place, oh my goodness, she has a fit. And because of that, she tends to delay doing anything. So that email that you want to write, that phone call you want to make, the podcast you want to create, any, the book you want to write, anything you want to do, it's like, ah, it's not going to be perfect. So keep either keep working on it, which then never gets it out so that it just never happens. Then there's judging Jenny. And judging Jenny is a complicated dragon because she wants you to compare yourself to everyone else to make yourself feel better. Or she thinks everybody is judging you and keeping you down, which quite frankly, nobody has time for because they're too busy comparing themselves to everybody else. (laughs) And social media is her playground. If you ever look at social media, it's like, oh, everything is wonderful, la, 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 and you are not having a great day. You you don't want to share that because look at everybody else that is having these amazing things happen. Or you think, oh, well, I, I just did something amazing, but everybody's having a tragedy and I feel bad about posting that. It's It's crazy. So then the fifth dragon is overwhelmed Ophelia. What? You could have named a better O dragon, Jesse. (laughs) (laughs) Overwhelmed Ophelia keeps you constantly busy, keeps your schedule packed. And she wants you to believe that saying, you know, I'm so busy is like you have a badge of honor. How many times have you used that excuse of, oh, well, I can't do it because I'm too busy. I'm doing blah, 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 blah. And you list off the laundry list of things that you're doing as an excuse to not do what's really important. All of these dragons, if you let them be, will keep the joy from you and will keep you in that downward spiral and not actually being able to function in any way that you want to. And it it can just steal that joy from you. No, you said it's like we're it's like we're choosing that. Okay, guys, we gotta we gotta let's let's go and rehash and review here. Second guessing Sally. I think we talk about that a ton on the show, like second guessing yourself. It's like that go left, go right, right. And then you know, you take that and you throw it in there with perfect Paula. Now you're second guessing yourself. So you end up end up procrastinating and not really ever moving forward on anything. Um, no good, Nancy. We're no good. I think those of us uh, who have been deep into the addiction world absolutely walk out of that ready to get sober and start to heal feeling like we're no good. We're not worthy. Uh, we, you know, we probably been told by plenty of people over the course of time that we're pieces of shit and we deserve exactly what we've gotten. And we know that not to be true, that we're not bad people, but we may have done bad things. And then we can work on making amends and moving through that and then showing to ourselves and in the world 
that we're ready to become someone who behaves uh, differently, something that's more desirable for ourselves and those who love us. Uh, judging Jenny, I mean, my goodness, I, in a way, every single one of these dragons has rolled up into this office at some point, maybe even today. Um, I loved Ophelia. Something about Ophelia makes me think of like old, like Knights of the Round Table kind of name, but also there's an Ophelia from like Walking Dead or something that pops in there. But either way, I think many of us can understand that overwhelmed. Like we pack ourselves with things to do almost as a, we don't want to stop and breathe and look around and, and really ask ourselves is what we're doing, what we what's most desirable that's going to lead us to our highest sense of self. So when people come and they first meet you, uh, maybe it's in a, a, a clarity call they, they have with you. What is it that you try to walk them through at the beginning just so that they can really begin to understand where these joy-stealing dragons are uh, showing themselves and, and what they might be able to start doing about it moving forward? It's finding out what is really going on because each person shows up differently or these dragons show up differently. And what really is the problem? Because sometimes we do things or it's, it's all in how we look at it because a situation happens. Is that good? Is that bad? Is it affecting us? Is it not affecting us? Sometimes tragedy can happen and it doesn't have that much of a negative impact on somebody because they have the emotional wherewithal to be able to process it and handle it. And sometimes it completely derails you. And sometimes even if you have everything in alignment, something happens that throws you off. Maybe you didn't get enough sleep. Maybe you haven't been doing the self-care you need. Maybe you haven't get, gotten the exercise or you didn't eat the, the food in the best possible way. And then that one, whatever it is, comes in and wreaks havoc, so to speak. But what do you do when that happens? And how do you recover from that? So it's finding out for that person that I'm talking to, what's really going on? You know, how is this showing up in your life? How is it showing up in your health? How is it showing up in your relationships? How is it showing up in your work life? Because knowing that whoever I'm talking to is a one single being, you know, yes, sometimes people put on a persona at work that's different from their home persona. They're still the same person. If something is affecting them at work, it's affecting them at home and it's affecting them in their health. And so knowing what are the ways that it's actually impacting them is the best way that I can see is that something that I can support them with or not. I like where you go with that. What my brain conjured up, right? My internal representation of that is like, I'll come across some people who, you know, they'll hear about, let's say a typhoon in Southeast Asia. And I, it bums me out that anyone would go through that kind of experience because I've been through hurricanes in Florida. Uh, but at the same time, like, I'm not going to let it sort of derail my day. It's not going to become something that I'm going to stare at the television for the next six hours and allow to absorb into my brain. But there are absolutely some friends of mine who it's like, it's almost like each world tragedy somehow gets into their inner being and it, you know, it affects them emotionally in one way or another. And I, and I want to be that person who says, look, let's just turn this off and let's focus on what we can be doing for you today. 
How is it you've noticed in social justice issue, politics, religion, social media, there are so many inputs that come at us. It's almost like we're constantly at this sort of fight or flight. We're getting these, we're just getting this cortisol injection into our body and our whole mechanism is just being thrown for a loop. What is it you have noticed about what's worked for you and how you help others maneuver through so many different sort of emotional influxes that we can have throughout our days? I think the biggest thing is being present and being grounded because if you are not your best, you can't handle whatever is coming at you. When you are functioning at your highest capacity, then you might notice what's going on around you, but you're not sucked into it. If that makes sense, because it makes makes total sense, you know, and And I can tell there may be a time where I'm just a little bit off. Like I'm not quite as grounded as I usually am. And then nothing quite seems to work well that day. Yeah. (laughs) And, and then other days it's like, I'm totally grounded. I'm totally present and man, I get so much done. And, (laughs) you know, it's, I'm, I feel great. Every interaction goes well. It just, you know, I don't have that feeling of overwhelm. Everything just works. If I haven't taken care of myself and I think, oh no, I'll just stay up that little bit longer and work on whatever it is. And then I get not quite enough sleep. And then it's a cycle that goes downhill fast. Yes. Yeah, let me roll back that totally, it, it totally makes sense comment. So let me roll that back a little bit, because maybe for me or even the listeners, there is something that you said that I would like a little bit more of an expansion upon, because this idea of being present and grounded, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what would that feel like, you know, for the listeners out there? What is it that they might hear themselves saying or see happening in their life that says, you know what, I'm not being present and grounded right now. And uh, therefore, let me stop for a moment and let me shift myself back into a more present and grounded state. What would that experience be like for them so that they could notice one that they're not present and grounded and two get themselves back to a state of being present and grounded frequently if you're not grounded you are at you know like what you just said you turn on the news you listen to something something on social media and you it's not actually in your immediate world, it's not actually affecting you. If you hadn't heard about it, it wouldn't impact you at all. But suddenly you're totally derailed by whatever it is, or somebody says something that, I don't know, normally wouldn't bother you, but it's starting to bother you. Or you're feeling like nobody gets me. Nobody's listening to me. Nobody's paying attention. And it's all like, why isn't anybody else doing what I need? It's like, okay, warning, <laughs> danger, <laughs> danger. <laughs> but those are signs that you're not taking care of yourself. And I find this a lot when people overgive the, the caregivers, the nurturers, the people that want to do everything for everybody else. People pleasers. People pleasers, whatever you want to, whatever name you want to give them. And they give to everybody else. And then they get mad that people aren't giving back to them and they feel like they can't ever take time for themselves because that would be selfish and they don't want to, you know, they, they can't do that. And they're trained from young to like take care of everyone else. And they 
are so drained that they have no centered or groundedness. And it's always like, oh, somebody needs something. I got to go do that. And I, oh, I got to take care of that. And I, and there's nothing about boundaries. There's nothing about what, who am I and who is somebody else? And there's no division there at all. It's just a blur. And that is another sign of somebody not being present. One of the things we talk about on the show is, you know, like when we're not being present, that's when we make little mistakes in our lives. That's when little annoyances become these big, huge blow ups. And it's almost like we have this whole emotional episode. Um, and it's like, okay, I wasn't clearly, I wasn't being present. I tell a story on the show about how I once was supposed to put a shelf together for the girlfriend and, um, I messed up the shelf and it was like lopsided. And I remember feeling like an idiot and like, oh, stupid Jesse. And it was in that moment. I realized that life is, and so I created this, this saying that life is humbling. I am more grounded. Now I am more present now because when I'm not grounded and I'm not present, I'm off in my head thinking about something else. And I put a shelf peg, you know, two things lower. And now the whole thing is at some weird slant. And so we talk about that a lot on the show about, you know, you can notice when you start making these little tiny errors, when you start having these emotional surges over something that is really just, it's a blip in the radar. It's a leaf falling off of a tree onto the ground. It's not that big of a deal, but we can explode it because there's this part of us that thinks it should matter more, right? And who said it should matter more? You know, we should give ourselves, give ourselves, give of ourselves. And now there's no boundaries. We're exhausted all the time. But if someone calls us up and says, we need cookies for PTA meeting at eight in the morning and it's midnight, sure enough, going to stay up and cook some cookies. So as you're journeying through other people and helping them through this adventure of getting themselves grounded and present, um, where is it that you have seen an opportunity to expand their mind saying, okay, let's, let's bring in, let's figure out where the joy stealing dragons are happening in your life. And let's start to work you through this so that you don't find yourself on empty all the time. There are many, many, many ways <laughs> that they can infuse this and get ahas and insights. The other day I was working with somebody who had been in therapy, I believe for over 40 years that I was working with. And she is so in the flow now and so able to be present. And yeah, she might feel crunched, but she doesn't feel overwhelmed because she has gotten herself in the moment and realizing I can get this done and I can do what I need to do. And I'm happy and I'm enjoying it. And I'm not feeling depressed and sad about it. And, you know, she told me the other day, she's like, my therapist is so happy I'm working with you <laughs> because, you know, suddenly there's a shift and it doesn't have to take a tremendous amount of time to get those shifts. It's looking at life from a different perspective. And you know this, Jesse, but I'll share this for your, your listeners too, that you may have already talked about this on one of your shows. We often put ourselves in a box. And that box is a problem. The key is getting yourself out of that box so you can see it rather than being in it. And when you can pop yourself out of that box, pop yourself out of that problem and actually see the problem for what it is, then you can start to deal with the problem. It's kind of like a fish in water. The fish doesn't know it's in water. It's always in water. <laughs> So it can't see the water. <laughs> and when you 
are outside of the water, you can see the fish navigating around, but the fish itself can't see it for itself. And so the perspective that I can give somebody else, you know, it, it's, it's giving them that outside perspective and then helping them see that for themselves rather than staying in, in their closed container inside their problem and helping them get out, get out of it. For those of y'all who have listened to the 180, 90 plus episodes of this show, do you notice how those of us who are into neuro-linguistic programming talk? Let's, she talks about shifts of and how quickly they can happen, how reframing and changing your perspective, talking about a box being the problem, and that if you can get out of the box, you can see it for what it really is. We talk about this with solution opportunities, right? We reframe problems as solution opportunities because if you step outside the problem, you're like, oh, oh, that's what's happening. Uh, in fact, a lot of people tend to argue about things. And I'm like, you know, it's not you two that's the problem. It's this solution opportunity that's presented itself. If you step outside of it, you could actually begin to work together to heal it, to, to figure it out. Um, hungry, angry, lonely, tired. We talk about that a lot on the show, guys. Those are triggers to go back to drinking, drug use, depression, anger, animosity. This is what she is talking about, right? When you can step outside of those things and say, oh, okay, this is what's happening. This is the solution opportunity around it. But when you're in it, you just think you're the fish in the water. It's not so you come out and you're like, oh my goodness, the whole time I was in that bowl and now I can see the bowl for what it is and I don't have to be stuck in the bowl anymore. Anytime anything happens, is that really what the problem is, is the other piece, you know, because there will be emotional upsets in life. It's just a given. We all have them. We're human. You can't stay happy constantly. It's just, that isn't realistic because if you are, that means you're pushing things down and not dealing with them. When that one trigger happens, whatever that is, you know, it's kind of like everything's building up behind the dam and then something pokes the hole in the dam and then it explodes, like you say. What was it that was behind the dam? What was it that you hadn't been dealing with? What was it that really was the problem that just that one little trigger happened to release? Because when you start reflecting on that and realizing, oh, okay, I'm upset about, you know, how many, how many times have you yelled at somebody or gotten upset with something that really has nothing to do <laughs> with exactly what, you know, it's like some poor customer service agent that is just trying to do their job. And it's like, you get upset with them and it's like, no, but you're not upset at them and you're not upset with even the product and why it's not working the way you want it to. You're upset because of something else. Mm -hmm. And when you realize yeah. what that something else is and actually address that, that's when you can begin to heal. That's when you can begin to actually resolve this and get it resolved quickly. Because when you don't, it just spirals and you end up with like massive blowouts and either anger issues or upset issues that are uncontrollable, or you might seek drinking, drinking drugs, whatever, whatever mm -hmm. negative something that 
<laughs> insert <laughs> insert in the blank. <laughs> insert vice here. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and when you have that, then you're just relying on that vice to try and get you through rather than actually taking a look at what's what's going on underneath and addressing that. And when you get, I don't know if you're a gardener, but if you whack the top of a weed off, it's going to grow back. Mm-hmm. You got to get to the root and yes. pull the root out. And when you get to the root, then you can resolve it. I love where you're going with this. So we have talked about on the show, y'all, just a friendly reminder about resistances becoming uh, resentments, which become rejections. And this is what Linda is really framing this around right now that, you know, you scream at the grocery store deli clerk, right? And what's really happening is that, you know, maybe the partner and you didn't have a very good evening last night. Maybe this morning you woke up on the quote unquote wrong side of the bed because you're frustrated about your finances or you you woke up hungover. And then it just starts this whole snowball effect where these little tiny resentments, these little tiny resistances, these little annoyances, that's that little hole, right? And that little hole eventually gets just fed away before you know it. Now you have this huge rejection of someone, of something. Hell, it could be of your own journey, y'all, that you literally could be like, man, I was really good for like 11 days, didn't drink, didn't use drugs. I was I was feeling good. I was planning out my goals. I was working on them. And then I don't know. I don't know what happened. Next thing you know, I'm, I'm up all night doing drugs and drinking. And I'm like, well, it's because you were letting these little tiny annoyances and these resistances become resentments, which became rejection. And I think what Linda's touching upon there is that if you are willing to open up the box, if you're willing to unravel this sort of life that we are living as humans, um, not only does you come out the other side of it with more joy, there's clarity, there's confidence, there's control in your emotions. And that's where you start to really embrace that groundedness. Exactly. It's really fun having people on the show who speak NLP. <laughs> well, and we know each other. So it's, I love, I love the perspective that you bring to your audience. And because I've been on the journey with you for quite a while, I've seen how you talk about what you enjoy. And so I know if people are listening, they, this is what they're interested in. (laughs) (laughs) I have somehow um, unconsciously, you know, helped tens of thousands of people fall in love with neuro-linguistic programming, whether they meant to or not. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. It's a great thing to fall in love with. It is is because again, it's just this idea of how can we, how can we shift? How can we reframe? Um, how can we begin to heal? We're all going to have adverse childhood experiences. We're going to have things that happen to us in adolescence. For you, it was adulthood. Who could have ever, I mean, I'm sure in your teenage years and not in a million teenage lifetimes, but you ever thought one day you'll marry into an abusive relationship, you know, have a very, you know, a, a loving daughter who has these levels of challenges in her life. And then what it was going to do for you that you've turned this into such a passionate purpose for you to help other people through it, that you have have this idea of, you know, bringing true joy into people's lives. Um, as we're wrapping up the show here, I want to get you out on uh, an opportunity for you to introduce what you do to the rest of the people out here who've been listening. You know, you, I know you've developed coaching programs. I know that you've done some really amazing things for people. Uh, what is that you would like to introduce to the audience? So for those who have who've heard something that really says, you know what, I think, think Linda gets me that they have this opportunity to, to find you. So the, 
the quick way is go to joystealingdragons.com and you can take a fun quiz to find out which of the dragons that we talked about today is most active in your life right now and what to do about it. You know, not just, okay, this is the most active, but what do I do now that I know this? And I'll give you some tips and we can even have a conversation around that to find out what to do now that you know that maybe it's overwhelmed Ophelia or maybe it's no good Nancy or whichever one. And I can talk you through what, what do you need to do next? What's your next step after that? So go to joystealingdragons.com and take the quiz, find out more and would love to chat with you. Yes, I love the idea of figuring out which dragon is the one that's sort of pestering you for, I don't know, is that the best word for it? I don't know. Um, I see all of them at some point. I'm just like, huh? I mean, sometimes I can run through every single one of these and like before I've even brushed my teeth in the morning. And so one of the things I like to highlight, you know, I've told people, you know, I'm a life coach, business coach. We're, you know, we both have uh, same trainings in certain aspects of this stuff. And people like, oh, you've got your life all figured out. I'm like, no, 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 no. Just because you're a coach doesn't mean you have it all figured out. It just means we have a whole hell of a lot of resources that help us figure it out. So for those of y'all who are like, oh, at some point, everything's just going to be hunky-dory and none of these dragons will ever show up again. It's like anything else, y'all. We're humans living a human experience and things are going to pop up. You can have everything riding high and then you get a flat tire. Next thing you know, you're freaking out at the tow truck person when in reality, you're upset because you're going to miss the concert you were driving to. Things will happen that will steal away your joy. And I think what Linda has been able to discuss with you today is an opportunity now to identify what dragons are what. I'm going to put these in the show notes too so y'all can easily find it along with the link to the show. Um, One of the coolest things I like to finish the shows with, uh, Linda, is this opportunity. If you had a microphone that could reach every single human on this planet, what would be a message that you would want them to hear from you? Be who you really are and live in the joy that is within you. Stop be, hiding. Be who you really are and live within the joy that is within you. I love that. Yeah. I, I don't purposely don't put that in the pre-questionnaire because I like to surprise people with it at the end to see what they'll come up with off the top of their head. <laughs> You've been fantastic. It has been such a joy to have you here. Is there any final words that, you know, I mean, obviously I just asked you to grab a microphone and tell the world anything. Is there something you'd like to expand upon? Anything I may not have asked that you're like, man, I really wish you'd ask me that. Something that, you know, we don't want to left to go unsaid. Being with other people, learning from other people, getting that sense of community, I think is so important. And I just invite anyone who is interested in learning more to reach out to me because I do have so many different ways that I work with people, whether it's retreats or my group program or, you know, one-on-one coaching and just to really be able to know that you're not alone. And no matter like what you just said, we're human. We have our ups and our downs. We're not these perfect beings just because we're coaches it's that we have learned along the way and we have the tools so that we can help ourselves and we can help other people and we know what to look for and being able to help somebody quickly to shift out of whatever it is that's going on and be able to release things that they've been holding on to for most of their lives. It's, 
it's a gift that I feel that I give to people and that people give back to me when they've released it. So it's, I love it. And thank you, Jesse. You're very welcome. It was a pleasure having you on the show. For those of y'all, you know, think of true joy. Whenever you're thinking, is it possible to have true joy now? It is absolutely possible. Um, Whether you are just listening for the first time or you're a longtime listener, if there is something here that you're connecting with, how you can get a hold of her will be in the show notes. Um, I will be putting some things up on social media as well. Um, You know, right there, I mean, she finished up by basically saying the opposite of addiction is connection, everyone. Find someone, something that you can connect to. I can assure you on the other side of that risk of stepping out of your comfort zone is the life that you've always desired. And uh, Linda, I would say that if anyone has gone through some turmoil in their life, it is you. And I just am uh, astounded by what you accomplished on a day-to-day basis. And I just really appreciate you being here. This has been a phenomenal opportunity to have you on the microphone. Thanks, Jesse. All right, my friends, that will be the show. The opposite of addiction is connection. Remember, find what will bring you true joy and magnify that in your life. As always, inclusivity over exclusivity, the power of positive energy, release and flow. Every day is the best day of our lives because we wake up sober. Shout out to sunshine, glow on. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. 